Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing daniel ruiz tyson is available for monday the 2nd of august 2021 with me daniel ruiz tyson episode 341 i hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going if you're at that stage of your life where you've ended up alone various exes went on to have kids you you think about all the wrong turns your life took the near misses some fortunate for you others perhaps missed opportunities all the what ifs are circling around your head like cigarette smoke back in the day permit me the americanism basically if you're circling the drain then this might be the show for you a late one today 1930 hours been a, a long day lost a chunk in the middle really when maybe I should have been back in the flat getting this show out early but it's uh, it's been a strange few days went for a run as well today I was hoping to go for the run as soon as I got back after lunch today but uh, had a call that completely derailed me and then I had to try and work out who'd called because it was a call from the hospital and uh, that delayed my run and I just thought I'll go for a run before doing the show might put me in a better frame of mind then I can do a better show tonight had a decent run 10 and a half gate tonight sprayed myself with insect repellent which by the way that insect repellent costs me more than it would cost to support this long-running podcast via the Patreon page. So I've had to start spraying myself with this stuff now. Normally I reserve it for football. Playing in Regent's Park's got a bigger midge problem than uh, my local park, but had a couple of nasty bites from one run last week. For three or four days they were killing me and... I use this insect bite cream that I've got. doesn't really do much. And it seems that when you're bitten by midges, it goes through various stages. So you're trying to calm it down with the insect bite cream. And then I start using this anti-itch cream E45. That doesn't do much. I'll tell you what seems to calm it down at the end is talc. I, you know, talc has rarely let me down. I know that talc is has had a controversial past, I think, going back to the early 70s. I think there were issues with it. But the new generation of talc after the 70s, I think, is supposed to be uh, far better than the talc of my early years. And, uh, you know, in the early noughties, there were a few scare stories. There were a couple of old listeners who, um, I'm not even sure if they're on Twitter anymore, who made me aware of the talc scare. So I laid off the talc. But in recent years, I've uh, re-embraced the talc. There's there's some talc right by my bedside. I've never worked out, though, whether you say a jar of talc, a bottle of talc. Even when I look online to see how they might describe the talc container, they never refer to it. It's a really strange thing. 
So I've never known how to refer to the towel, but it's uh, going to be with me to the end, which may not be that far away, really, based on the last few days. Anyway, it's been a decent run. I wanted to do three full laps tonight, and I'm pleased that I did. It was, you know, had its uh, tricky moments. Also, the fairgrounds there. And the problem with a fairground, apart from the fact I don't like fairgrounds because I'm a miserable bastard, it cuts into my route, and I can catch up on a latter part of the route. So I, I don't think I'm really losing any distance. But the problem is it leaves me having to run away from the trail for that final leg of the lap. And it's on an incline. So it's slightly uphill. Whereas once I, when I normally run that leg of the lap, it's flat and it's easier and it's on the trail. So I think the fairground's there for another week or so. And, you know, then you'll have... Um, the fairground will be back for the August bank holiday, no doubt. So that part of my uh, route will be cut off again. Then around November time, it gets cut off again, you know, blocked off from the public because that's where they sell Christmas trees. It's always really frustrating because being a pedant, I like to do things properly. I don't cut corners. I'm not one of these runners who will stop running because they're struggling and then pick up and continue. You know, if I stop, and it's only happened once to me in two years, if I stop, that's it, the run is over. Now, I'm not saying that I'm right with my approach. I just think that's part of my OCDs. That's the way I am with things. For instance, today I was in uh, Battersea Library, and I remember that at one point I picked up a book. There were these new books that I picked up a book, and I realized I hadn't put it on the shelf. I hadn't put it back straight and I was walking away and then I thought, no, I can't leave the book like that. I'm going to come back and I straightened the book. That's the OCD. I think, it, you know, maybe it's a nice thing, you know, leave something as you found it. But I, you know, I like to run the full perimeter of the park. That's what I do. So when that's not available to me, it's uh, it's immensely frustrating. But look, um, you know, I was out there, did my run, feel a bit better this evening, needed to feel better. Really struggling with Tuesdays at the moment. I'll come to that later when uh, we um, look back at my visits to the cafe. Thames Water, what did I say? Last week they turned up on the Monday. I had to cancel Tuesday's morning interview. The afternoon interview went ahead. Uh, this was two former pros from the late 60s and 70s, professional footballers. The second interview, I recorded that at 1,600 hours. It was, it was meant to be at 1,400 hours, but the guy told me to call him back at 1,600 hours. was very generous with his time. We didn't complete the interview that day. I had to call him back the following day for the last 20 minutes. But the morning interview set up with someone that isn't in this country, that had to be a re, uh, rearranged. And, you know, I felt a bit awkward because it would have looked possibly that I was pulling out of the interview, but uh, thankfully got the interview over the line a couple of days later. But Thames Water were meant to call me, were meant to tell me, look, confirm that the work was going ahead. I'd been told actually the week before that, that it wasn't going ahead. So it's just very confusing. And I told you last week, I went out, uh, went across the road to speak to the engineers, you know, sorry if I'm rushing, I'm just conscious of the time here. And I want to try and get the show out by uh, 20, 30 hours. Um, where was I? Yeah, Thames Water anyway. They told me that the work had been completed, it had been covered, it had been done in a different way, it had been concreted and it would hold. And I said to them via DMs on Twitter, because they're online support, it's very good. I said, this will not last. 
And it's wrong, I think, that I know more about this than their engineers. You know, they're paid to do this. I just live here and I just know from the four attempts now from living with this noise outside the building hundreds of times a day now for almost three years. That manhole cover was put in place in August 2018. And apart from the effect it's had on my audio work, it's just it mars the quality of life. That was a hard swallow there. I'm trying to look at it on the edit. Will I pick it up? Might just leave it there. Who cares? So I left it there. I said, I'm sure that I'll be back in touch within the week as I was last time because this fix will not last. It wasn't even sealed properly. Uh, last time it lasted five days, this time four days. So I contacted them this morning, this evening. They asked me to take a picture. They said, look, the cover's been sealed. That makes no difference. Yes, the cover has been sealed. But that noise is back. It's like, look, I'm fitter than I've been in 20 years. I'm not bragging. I look good physically, externally. I look good right now, apart from the fact that I look ill facially, like I don't sleep, like the engineer said to me last week. But internally, things aren't what they should be or what I hope they would be. So that is equivalent to the manhole cover. You can't go by what you're seeing. You have to go by what's underneath. So now they're telling me, look, we're going to send this to our escalations team and we'll get someone to call you. Well, the engineers were meant to call me on the last uh, ahead of the last two fixes. They didn't. All it needs, as I said to them, is someone, a manager. I need to hear from a, man uh, a manager. There is no point in them wasting any more money. I'm happy to stand out there with a representative from Thames Water. All I need is five minutes, five minutes with the amount of traffic on this road, they will see what the problem is. They will hear it. It has marred living here. I'm already in a part of town I don't want to be living in. I'm in a flat that's fallen apart and I've got no peace and quiet and it affects my work as well. And I know that there are residents in this building who are not particularly bothered. And, you know, I think, well, you know, when um, that poor girl... Sarah Everard went missing when she was taken off the street and you asked me to go uh, go out there and be join you on that vigil that Saturday night. I went out there. I felt it was the right thing to do. It was important to you. You know, I'm a low-key guy. I find those things awkward, but I went out there and I stood by your side holding some candle and I was okay doing it in the end. But, you know, maybe you could back me up on this Thames Water thing. You've got some clout. Help me out here. I just feel that I keep uh, emulating my dad in everything. You know, this is the kind of thing my dad wouldn't have let go. It's just, uh, it's wrong. It's, you can't live with this kind of noise. But as I said last week on episode 340, the engineers told me this is a problem all over London. And uh, the LTN just down the road from here, the local LTN, um, low traffic neighborhood scheme for those who aren't in the UK. It's a good idea, but it's been rushed through around here and it's just aggravated the already heavy traffic flow on this uh, road. In local news, Roosters Fried Chicken on South Lambeth Road. It's in its 40th year, opened in 1981. It's now closed for refurbishment, which is going to kill the locals. And uh, in other news, uh, closer to home, I was uh, finally called by the hospital after five weeks of walking around with my phone on vibrate. I was in the cafe when they called. The news was somewhere in between good and bad. I covered it 
in a Substack uh, post without being very specific to the issue. I just talked about how I, I, you know, how I feel about that call and where it's left me mentally. And uh, it's a free sign up on my Substack newsletter page. It's danielruiztizen.substack.com. So I'm trying to post on there every week. So do please subscribe, free sign up. They should just rename the internet free. Everything is free. On the books front, I'm reading so many books at the moment. And at the weekend, I just tried to do nothing. I was drifting off quite a bit. I mean, podcasts just sent me to sleep. I just cannot listen to a complete podcast if I'm lying down without napping. And of course, napping brings the weird and bad dreams, more of which later. But the books keep me awake. So a couple of books this week. Today, I started reading. This is my latest bus book. I'm reading Violet Hill by Henrietta McCurvey. And the blurb for that is uh, Violet Hill is a wonderfully assured and compelling novel so evocative of a London that has long ceased to be, yet crackling on every page with urgently contemporary resonance and meaning. It's uh, got two timelines. The first is December 20... December 1918. Why do I make these notes if I'm going to get it wrong? So it's December 1918. I'm recording this show as live, by the way. I'm just uploading it soon as it's done. Post-war London is grieving. The city a wound whose dressing was taken off too soon. I think that uh, whoever was doing the back cover blurb for this book really enjoyed that line because it's on about page two or three of the book, The City of Wound, whose dressing was taken off too soon. That's very good. Violet Hill, the only female... uh, I'll start again, shall I? Violet Hill, the only female detective. Private detective. God's sake, what is going on with me? Violet Hill, the only female private detective in the city, is hired by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's business manager to uncover spiritual trickery he believes is deceiving his employer. And, of course, famously Arthur Conan Doyle, after the First World War, I think he lost his son either in the First World War or maybe the Boer War before it. I think it might have been the First World War. So that, then he became very interested in spiritualism, famously caught out as well by that. Uh, uh, the two girls who drew those very convincing fairies. So this is uh, tapping into that part of his life, the final 10, 15 years of his life in which he got very heavily involved with spiritualism. The second timeline is set in January 2018. Susanna is a super recognizer, one of an elite Met Police team of officers with extraordinary powers for facial recognition. When a freak injury causes her unusual ability to suddenly disappear, a dangerous criminal whom she no longer recognizes decides to close in. Compelling stories across two eras weave into this page, turning literary adventure of identity, deception, danger, and detection. So that's my bus book. And the book I'm reading indoors, secondhand book, bought off eBay about maybe in the last year. Sometimes it takes me a while to get uh, around to these books. And there's always that moment where I work out with a secondhand book, am I going to read it bareback, barehanded rather, or am I going with the latex gloves? And usually it's the latex gloves, which means I can't fully enjoy a book that I'm reading in bed. The um, complete Jack the Ripper book, which is a fascinating book, that's taken a while to read simply because it's a massive hardback. It's not even a, a normal sized hardback and the font is just so awkward, but it's a very good book. But I can't do more than 10 pages at a time just because of the way um, the way it's arranged 
within uh, within the uh, covers. It's uh, I've not seen a book like it before, and it's a shame. In fact, I think I'd have preferred to have read it on the Kindle. Anyway, David Stewart Davis, The Games of Foot. This is actually a book of short stories, pasty Sherlock Holmes stories that David Stewart Davis, a big Holmesian, is editing. And I'm a fan of his work anyway. Once more, the games are foot as Sherlock Holmes of Baker Street returns in 20 new adventures specially commissioned for Wordsworth's Mystery and Supernatural series. The celebrated detective, along with his friend and biographer Dr. Watson, investigate a variety of baffling mysteries that will delight fans of the famous sleuth. Striding through the foggy, gaslit streets of London, Holmes tackles such cases as the puzzle of the green skull, the secret of the brown box, the conundrum of the dragon of Lee, Lane, as well as coming face to face once again with the Sussex Vampire. That's actually probably my favourite Holmes, if not story, adaptation from the Jeremy Brett series. I really enjoyed that episode. They turned a short story into a two hour feature with Roy Marsden uh, playing uh, the lead in that, the lead guest, uh, the guest lead role. Really, really good episode. Um, we also learn what really happened at the Reichenbach Falls when Holmes had his fateful encounter with Professor Moriarty. And we also hear uh, the story of the Little Herd podcaster. Only one of those is actually genuine. David Stewart Davis, Dennis O. Smith, Mark Valentine, Matthew Booth, MJ Elliott, and the other talented writers who have contributed to this collection have followed closely in the footsteps of Arthur Conan Doyle in creating a wonderful feast of Sherlockian entertainment i'm not familiar with many of those names i'm more familiar with the last decade of pastiche holmes writers so i'm looking forward to this i wasn't really focused yesterday when i started reading it but i'm hoping that after tonight's star wars football game i can get onto it still need to um, jump in the shower after my run as well and uh, just before i sign off to bring in uh, the sting for this week's uh, show i just want to confirm i'm actually recording this in my pants and that's uk pants not american pants i am actually in my pants recording this You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, episode 341. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 facebook.com forward slash DRT available. DanielRuizTyson.com, that's the home of all my work. There are PayPal and Coffee.com links on there if you want to make a, a one-off donation to support this work. And uh, donors via paypal and coffee.com we'll get the latest patreon episode bonus episode that is we transfer to you on the day uh if you've enjoyed the show if you've yet to do so do please rate review uh the show on apple podcast that is the uh, the you know unfortunately that is the only way these indie shows and any shows really can grow and i'm looking at shows you know with big names they've done two episodes they've already got more reviews than their show no surprises there most importantly the best way to support this work is via the patron page sign up at patreon.com forward slash drt available the howard hughes shout out shout out to new patron omni tom appreciate your support and welcome aboard at this week's um Nectar points, where have I put the receipt? I've got receipts everywhere. Is that today's receipt? Yes, it is. It was my uncle's birthday. Always find it difficult to buy for him. He's got so many clothes and he's not easy to buy for. And I thought, though, I'd try and get him a decent shirt. And uh, 
I called my aunt from the first shop. Now I called my aunt from the second shop I was in and right away, you know, no discretion whatsoever. My uncle would have been in the kitchen. He would have known that I was already calling to ask my aunt what his size was, his shirt size, because no one in the family seemed to know. And my aunt was saying, no, get off, get off. No, and I was saying, look, I've got to get him something. I'm going to get him something. If you don't tell me what I can get him, I'm just going to buy him something that he doesn't want. I'm going to waste money. He's not going to be happy with his gift. Then I could hear my uncle in the background. Ah, ah. I'm sure maybe it would have been nice for him to want something. Maybe he was just playing along with his wife for 55 years, pretending he didn't want anything. You know, people like to have their birthdays remembered. I did forget his card, though, which is the first thing I bought for him last week. I keep forgetting stuff. Last week, it was my glasses. I went into the cafe without my uh, laptop glasses and I had to resize the font on my writing project to 18 just to be able to work out what I was um, writing. Anyway, for the second year in a row, my aunt said, just buy him some uh, Brute aftershave. Brute. So uh, I was thinking we're in a pandemic. Is aftershave a priority? Should I just get him a shirt? But I had to get him some brute aftershave. And uh, he's got that now. His uh, go-to aftershave gave it to him uh, this afternoon. So on the nectar points front, my opening balance was 184. Earned eight points today. I would have thought I'd earned... uh, could have earned more maybe on the brood aftershave. Bought some, you know, bought the aftershave. Bought a single orange for 30p. You know, as I as I keep saying, I like to top up my oranges. If I have one, I'd replace it with one. Bought a fair trade banana. Loose 11p. Ahead of my uh, trip to the cafe just to uh, quash any uh, stomach rumbles. If you buy the same single banana from one of those small Sainsbury's locals, you get charged... Uh, 25p which is an absolute rip off and I bought um, a silver bag to stick my uncle's uh, brutes in simply because I can't wrap presents so I earned 8 points that took me up to uh, a new points balance of 192 worth 96p I'm going to quickly run through the dreams I've been having uh, this week I've had one which featured Raheem Sterling I can't remember what it was though I know that there was another one this was a catnap I think and it was a nightmare and again you know I should have written it down when I woke up I do remember that I was in a room and I was hiding under a tablecloth and there was someone in that room and I was convinced that they'd miss me they hadn't seen me but they came back in and they suddenly touched my head, which was under this tablecloth. And at that point, I woke up with this kind of Ooh, sound, you know, like a a comedy spooked sound, Ooh, which uh, reminded me of the sound I once made when I was sharing a room with my cousin, the chin. I think it might have been back in uh, 2012 where I had a, a nightmare in the room with him and his son, him and his son. The son was on the floor. He always got the crap bed whenever we all stayed over at the same place. He was on some inflatable. I was on a fold-up bed. The chin was on a sofa uh, watching uh, Des O'Connor on his phone or on his laptop. And uh, it was about three or four in the morning and I'd had a bad dream and I woke up with an ooh. And uh, the chin and I never acknowledged it. We never spoke about it. Just one of those things, you know. But uh, 
It happened again on Saturday. Thankfully, I was uh, on my own. I've also been having mortality-related dreams. And that's, uh, you know, relating to the hospital call on Friday, which kind of rattled me a bit. This time I was on a train. Don't know why I was on a train. And I was trying to speak. Well, I was speaking to this GP. And for some reason, I was convinced that I only had five years left if I didn't get this scan rushed through. And, uh, you know, I could tell from that, of course, that I'm very uneasy about my situation now and uh, starting to affect me, you know, even in my uh, dreams. It's a, it's a cliche. I'm, I'm hoping really it's just a wake up call. I'm hoping that I can maybe learn from this and be less intense, but I'm not sure that I can be that person while I'm stuck in a place that I don't want to be in, in a place that isn't good for me. And then, you know, I had my penultimate session with the counselor on Friday via Zoom. And, uh, you know, someone had said to me the week before that I'm stuck in the past. And as I said to the counselor, well, I am, of course I am, because I live in the past. Every day I live in the past because I am stuck in this flat. There are reminders everywhere of what I had, what I don't have. And, you know, all the sadness in this place. And I think that is part of why my physical health is starting to be a, a bit of a problem now. You know, I focused on the mental health side of things, but thinking, well, you know, I'm running, I'm fit, I'm even playing football, I'm looking into going to swim in again. So I'm physically fit. But, you know, that the fact is that's all being undermined by still doing long days you know, like I'm in my 20s and it's a case of not being able to stop and relax maybe because, well, because I'm not happy in my life. But, you know, I've paid a price really. I've not appreciated the importance of resting and accepting that as you get older, you, you've got these limitations. You can still do good stuff. You can still, you can still achieve good things, but you can't devote the same amount of time to it. And this place, with all its various problems, with all its associations, it's really uh, it's really affected me in a, a very bad way. And I don't honestly know that if... You know, I don't honestly know if I can change while I'm in this place. I really don't. So that's a problem. And, and look, you know, it's 1957 hours. What am I doing here? Am I relaxing? No, I'm doing this. Trying to meet my commitment to my listeners getting my podcast out on the Monday, like good pos uh, podcasters even should do. You know, if you've got a show, get it out on the same day. No excuses. Do it properly. No cutting corners like the running. No cutting corners. Let's give you some Star Wars football results now. Very, very busy week. I'm hoping I can get the Death Star Hoth game out tonight. Um, so I'm not sure. I think this game last week, the League Cup, last 16 second leg, that was played after episode 340 went out. That was Empire, the Christmas Cup holders. They were one up from the first leg against second division, Ord Montel. Ord Montel took the lead on a penalty. Empire had scored in the first game with a penalty and uh, Empire got a late equaliser to take them through. And that was also a penalty. So all three goals in the tie were penalties. The interesting thing is Empire, their League Cup team has shown that they have an alternative style with wingbacks they can play. And I think the reason there are a lot of drawn games, certainly in the league, is the eight aside has taken a lot of adjusting for teams. You know, there's, a, you know, there's less space on the pitch because I'm playing on the same pitch. 
So it's very interesting for me to see that and to watch the teams adapting to different formations. For example, last night Tatooine played a, a never seen before uh, one three three. No, yeah, it was a one three three. A one three three, one at the back, three in midfield, three up front. Normally Tatooine have been playing with wing backs this season. League Cup last sixteen second leg, the Cloud City Derby. That was on Tuesday, last Tuesday. Death Star and Besbin were goalless from the first leg at Besbin, and Besbin beat their neighbours away from home. Two goals to one from Bosk, another brace from Bosk. That took him up to five goals uh, for this season. Um, Death Star's goal had come just before halftime, an equaliser, an own goal from uh, Besbin's star man, Gedefix, who's now one player of the month two months in a row, just been voted player of the month for July as well. The draw for the League Cup quarterfinals took place that same evening. Hosnian Prime in the second division, they've been drawn against Tatooine, uh, twice winners of the League Cup in the Silver Age. Hoth, the current holders, they're at home to Rebels. Rebels might be fancy to take that. Empire and Besbin are in the... Other all first division clash. They'll both be disappointed by that. They're both in such good form. That's a hard one to call. Meantime, second division Moncala host X-Wing in the first leg of their quarterfinal clash. Uh, Champions League week two. Been such a busy week, as I say. On the 29th of July, whenever that was. That was Thursday, I think. Tatooine beat Naboo 3-1 at home. Tatooine aiming for a third consecutive Champions League title. Uh, goals from Jedi Luke, who had a horrendous second half. There was um, oh, there was an equaliser from Naboo just before half time. Then Han Solo with a superb left foot strike curling into the top right hand corner of the net, and then uh, Tebow on as a sub. The Ewok got Tatooine's third goal a couple of minutes from time, so a comfortable win for Tatooine. Uh, group two on Friday night, Endor versus Hoth. A goal uh, just less than 50 seconds from time from Globy for Endor. Gave Endor last season's beaten finalist, twice beaten finalist in the three-season history of the Champions League. They beat Hoth by a goal to nil. Hoth are in real trouble in their Champions League. Group two, yet to score a goal, one point from two games. Empire came from a goal down to beat Cloud City 2-1 on their return to the Champions League. Empire, who won the first ever Champions League in Silver Age Season 3, beating Endor in the final. They um, uh, they go to the top of Group 3. And, uh, no, Group group 3. God, I've just marked this one wrong. So i put Group 3 for Group 4. And in Group 4, Mandalayth. Thumped Agamar 5-0. Agamar had started off well, but Mandalay took control. Two goals in the space of 30, 40 seconds, a couple of minutes before halftime, and Mandalay were off. And that's the kind of um, thrashing that uh, produced a lot of concern last season with the Champions League, the reformatted Champions League with uh, four groups of three and 12 teams, uh, which end up... Uh, being whittled down to eight teams for the quarterfinals. So it's an unconvincing format, but it's the best I can do because I can't commit to any more fixtures if I um, up the entries uh, to 16 teams. Um, Sorry for uh, brushing the mic there with the book. Uh, Champions League uh, Week 2 tables, Tatooine top group one, Cantonica second, Naboo third. 
Endor in first place in group two, Sisubo in um, second place, Hoth bottom group three, Empire Zepho, Cloud City, group four, Mandalay, X-Wing and Agamar, Mandalay and X-Wing meet in the next game. League week five, Saturday night, X-Wing two, Rebels two, an outstanding game at X-Wing. X-Wing, five points from five league games, yet to win a game, yet to lose a game. The draw specialists again. Rebels came back with a superb goal from Lobot to make it 1-1. Kylo Ren scored either side of that with a brace, a penalty, just uh, before the third minute and another goal in nine minutes. Barada, the young, uh, the young, exciting midfielder, purchased from eBay a couple of months ago, came on for his second substitute appearance, scored an equaliser inside two minutes. So in the space of um, 17 minutes at this stage of his career, he's already scored three goals. He looks a hell of a prospect. Rebels held on for a 2-2 draw last night. This is a game that might be quite important as far as uh, the rest of the season goes. Tatooine, yet to win a game this season. At home to Besbin. Besbin, the early league leaders on goal difference, but still only on six points. Unbeaten, but only one win from four games. They beat Tatooine at Sandy Lane. A goal from Bosk on 12 minutes. Tatooine's second home defeat of the season. And their bid for a third consecutive league title, which they've never been able to pull off. No team has won three consecutive league titles. They're now stuck on three points from five games. Besbin are now on nine. An absolutely brilliant performance from Besbin. None of their players scored below an eight. So uh, Besbin currently top tonight. To, I think it's Death Star at home to Hoth. It's 20.04 hours now. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to do that. Uh, let's end with my various trips to the cafe. Just to update you, my tall glass handling technique continues to be erratic. My hand, I think it's, it's just, uh, I think it's just too high up on the glass, really. Back to the uh, left hand tall glass grasping today. On Friday, I found myself indoors. I sat indoors in the cafe to avoid the passive smoking and the rain. I, I sat at a central table inside, more in keeping with my post-pandemic persona. And I might have said on last week's show, I would honestly, I think I would honestly rather have COVID again than experience passive smoking on a regular basis. It just really does make me feel unwell and I can't stand the smell of the stuff on my clothes. In terms of COVID, I th- I've got to check the long COVID symptoms because I'm having a problem with my left arm, my upper left arm. There's an issue. It might just be a nerve issue, but it's really uncomfortable. And um, actually, one of the standout moments of the cafe the last week, this might have been Wednesday, whatever that was, Wednesday the 28th of July, there was a guy... No, it was Friday. It was when I was indoors. A guy to my right, I had not Mick Fleetwood. He was in the cafe. He was sat behind me on his laptop. He looks really bedraggled these days, even by his bedraggled standards. But this guy turned up, sat himself at the single table by the radiator, a much sought table in the winter historically. Um, he he turned up with an eight-pack of loo roll, unbagged, and he just plonked it on his table and... and um, plonked it on a table and ordered some coffee and Portuguese toast. I just thought if that was me, well, one, I would never buy an eight-pack of Lou Roll. I'd, I'd never have, never will. I don't certainly don't need it. But I would have bagged that up rather than just uh, have it there on the table. It just... It's very noticeable. 
I don't know if I was one of that guy's friends or various people that know him who came in, started chatting to him. I, you know, I wonder how they handled it. Maybe they'd have to acknowledge the eight pack. Other things I noticed last week uh, when I was outdoors, sat outdoors one afternoon, I noted that the beard has a somewhat uncouth wine bottle handling technique, hand high up on the wine bottle, a bit like me in terms of terms of my uh, current tall glass handling there was no arm behind the back you know the wine pouring etiquette that Seb K does the beard doesn't bother with that and I just saw that's a bit that's a bit uncouth I also um because I was sat indoors I saw a notice on the wall the cafe's closing for nine days I was crestfallen it's hard enough that it closes on Tuesdays because uh you know the fact that the cafe closes on Tuesdays is killing me I know other cafes but to sit outside the pavement, the particular stretch of pavement outside the cafes I have in mind is very narrow. There's also another one near South Lambeth Road that I like that serve, uh, serves a great hot chocolate, which I used to drink in my pre-running days. I wouldn't have a hot chocolate now and the lattes aren't great, but if there was a place, um, if I was able to work from there, I'd have the lattes, but everyone smokes out there. It's just, uh, it's a nightmare. But I noted the cafe's closure in my diary because it's going to be a you know, a big nine, 10 days for me. It closes on the 16th of August until the 24th, reopens on the 25th. I'm glad I saw that, but I know it's going to be a difficult period for me and I need to find an alternative cafe, a backup cafe. Visit it now as well. If it's a local one, visit it now so they don't connect my sudden appearance to the holiday closure of my cafe because they'll know why I'm there and it would be disrespectful more lip syncing with uh, Seb K on various second latte orders this week he was doing the lip syncing today and his was quite dramatic um you know his tongue was coming out a bit it was almost like he was flirting with me I still can't seem to avoid the long distance vocalizing I need to just focus on the uh, thumbs up gestures I think and trust the gestures to do their job mind you Seb K is also lip syncing and, um, you know, one, what noise was that? I'm going to leave that in. I'm wondering if we might need a conf lab, Seb K and I, to just work out if he's vocalizing too, just so I can learn from him. You know, I, I might need to say to him, look, if I'm three, four tables away, do I need to vocalize the order? Do, you know, will it suffice just to gesture to the glass and give you the thumbs up when you point to the glass? I think that might work out. I might need to do that. Um, there's a, a wonderful character there, a Jewish guy who I've been speaking to for a number of years and a bit of a character in his seventies. He's a buy to let landlord. So I always thought I'd, I'd never like him, but he's just, su you know, such a character, very, very funny, wonderful voice. He used to be a scientist and, uh, he saw me, he hadn't seen me for a while. I'd seen him about, he looks um, like he's lost quite a bit of weight and uh, he was telling me he's been doing a lot of reading at, during the pandemic. I think he went into the pandemic with one girlfriend and finished with her as soon as he could, as soon as the first lockdown ended. And then um, he said he got stuck with another one for nine months who had to live with him and uh, said he's uh, started smoking dope for the first time in 25 years, always on a Thursday. And this was Thursday we were speaking. So he had to um, hurry back home to uh, have his weekly uh, draw. And uh, said to me, by the way, I'll draw you a coffee next time I'm here. And uh, he was stood behind my table smoking. He wasn't in the cafe as such. He was behind the um, the plants that fence 
that fence off the uh, alfresco area. But it was a really good chat and it makes me feel important. It makes me feel like, okay, so these are effectively strangers, but they have an idea of who I am. I know who they are. They have more people, more people in their lives, obviously, than I do. Uh, but it, it kind of got me through the day. Those little engagements are getting me through the day. And he was telling me about the Sisters of Mary, this, um, I'm not sure if it's a care home or it's a residential home, some sort of residential home run by nuns in Vauxhall. And uh, really sad that uh, to hear that COVID early on just ran right through that place. It took out so many of the elderly people and the nuns. That was really uh Sad to hear. Argentina 78, the man who um, wears tiny shorts in the summer, much like my dad used to. He was in the cafe one day last week. We were chatting. He was in his uh, those tiny shorts and sandals. He was telling me about his swimming just down the road. So I thought I'd check out that pool because I want to get back to swimming. And I went into the um, the sports centre at Vauxhall, a new sports centre that opened just in the last uh, 18 months or so, just before the pandemic. And I wanted to find out how much it would cost. And they told me it's a 25 metre pool, which I think is a bit small. But what I found really strange is they said uh, there's no deep end. I think they said there's no deep end. Not no shallow end. I've written no shallow end in my notes. I'm sure they said no deep end because I just thought, well... I'm not sure it's possible to swim in a in a shallow pool. It's fine climbing into a pool at the shallow end, but you want to swim towards the deep end. I'm not sure that I could swim in a 25-metre pool that's just one big shallow end. I, I thought that's really strange. That is a waste of money, so I won't be going there. I'm going to be looking into Brixton Wreck again. The um, table man, the man who always takes the table that I like, he wasn't there today. I noticed last week he smoked about seven or eight cigarettes in the hour that he was there before giving up his table. I mean, that's just, um, that is a ridiculous amount of smoking. It's it's incredible. And the guy's in shape and you think, why are you in shape? You're just undermining that with all your smoking. Today I had a brilliant breakthrough conversation with uh, the late owner's son. A breakthrough conversation. I He came over and um, he's quite shy and uh, he just asked if I was, you know, keeping busy, etc. As he brought over my tricolour, the second latte was a tricolour. He always knows I don't have sugar. Every, everyone else will bring me the sugar. He has a napkin on my glass. Everyone else won't have the, won't have the napkin on the glass. And uh, we got chatting. I said, I've seen your photo around Stockwell, you know, to drum up interest in local businesses. After the first uh, couple of lockdowns, they started taking pictures of local business owners and sticking them around uh, the area. And I'd seen him when I was on the 196 bus and he was bearded that day. And he was telling me, yeah, he said, they just called me one morning, and said, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? He said, I just come from the fish market. I hadn't even showered. I was tired. And I said to him, Have, um, did you negotiate some Im- uh, image rights? Let me get my enunciation right before a Lord Digby uh, digs me out. And he started um, telling me, that uh, it was months before 
the um, the poster went out, a bit like me with uh, all my football interviews. It's going to be months before anything's out. I hope not, but it's proven to be the case so far. So we got chatting about that. He was telling me about, uh, you know, traveling to Billingsgate Fish Market at three in the morning to select the fish for the cafe. And we started talking about the fish market in Brixton, which is appalling. You know, you get the guys there, the fishmongers, they're smoking over the fish. It's incredible. It's 2021 and this is still happening. So it was a really good conversation. I started talking about the, uh, you know, the pandemic as, as you would really. It's, uh, how can you not talk about it? He was saying, I mean, he's in his mid twenties. He hasn't been vaccinated, but he also revealed that he's not going to be vaccinated. He's very unsure, wants to know more about the vaccines, thinks they've been rushed through, would be happier maybe three, four years down the line if we can look back and see that these vaccines were a good thing. And I also said, well, obviously you've got to worry about your fertility at your age because there are fertility concerns arising from this vaccine at my age. You know, I don't need to worry about that anymore. At my age, I just need to worry about maybe having a kid because as you get older, your kids, there's every chance you could uh, produce ugly kids. So that's the danger for me. And uh, brilliant exchange. Finally felt I had a connection with him and looking to build on that. So when it came to leaving today, I did. he was hovering. I didn't want him taking my card payment today because I felt that we couldn't have built on the brilliant exchange and it was just best to leave each other wanting more. You know, so uh, I got the mullet to um, to take my card payment before I paid and left today. Uh, saw a couple of the Algerian guys. One of them, the younger guy. The other guy is the guy who uh, asked me to go halves on a mortgage with him just uh, after our second meeting back in 2015. The younger guy's got a brilliant smile, and uh, he was a guy that uh, I once uh, mentioned on this show three or four years ago. We put together a brilliant handshake, both on the move, crossing from one side of the road to the other. He was going uh, one way, I was going the other. And uh, he saw me and um, gave me a wonderful smile, said, hey, how are you? I said, I'm still alive. The guy in front of me must have thought he's really popular because I was chatting to the late owner's son. These guys now said hello to me. And um, he said, how's your missus? And of course, I didn't want to say from my table in front of everybody, she left me, but I'm stuck in her house. I said to my aunt later, I'll save that for um, for a sit down if uh, he and I ever share a coffee. And I asked him how his kid was and that, and he touched his chest. Those moments for me are really important. As I say, that's pretty much what I've got right now, my aunt and uncle. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for those moments. And I do feel in that sense, the pandemic has transformed my character in a you know, in a in a in a subtle way, a big way for me, really. I don't know how much of that openness now with the regulars in the cafe and that engagement is down to the medication, and how much of that might be just down to the pandemic. I suspect it's a bit of both. I think it. I'm leaning more towards the pandemic. I think that you know the isolating has has really changed me, and I come back and I feel lifted by those engagements and um, that was good and then the uh, mullet came over he looked half asleep took my payment and as I as he was taking my payment and stamping my card um you know I asked him did you have a good weekend and I just don't think he was with it he just replied yeah you too
And that is it. That is the end of today's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson and this start of the week I have been available. 